Amen, amen. We are talking about this overcoming your fears kind of in a series here and um, looking at some of these. Last week I ended up by talking about loving the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the first and greatest commandment. And then the Bible says that if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. And then the Bible also says why that's not that hard of a thing is because he'll give you the desires of your heart. So it kind of this, this whole total flow. If we love him, we'll keep his commandments, and they're hard, not hard to keep because he'll put those desires in our heart. It's just this natural flow. And so we learned and we talked about this, this, this idea of, of just being obedient to him. If you love me, keep my commandments. That is one of our first, that's the first weapon we looked at to overcoming fear. And I didn't quite get through that as I usually, as usually happens on a Wednesday night. So let's finish that lesson a little bit and then we'll go on to our second weapon tonight and hopefully can, can finish that one up. But let's begin by looking at some verses and understanding how these apply to us um, when we're talking about overcoming fear and, and by using this first weapon of obedience. Let's go to Jeremiah 29, 11. A powerful verse of Scripture says, For I know, God said, the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord. They're thoughts of peace and not of evil, and to give you an expected end. You, you truly can take heart that Jesus is for you, that Jesus is on your side. And, and so when we look at this idea of fear, many times fear will come when we're, when we're going into a new territory or we're going into an area that God has called us to go or where we're walking by faith. Many times fear will come. But what, what is God calling us to do is what we have to look like to look at, but rest assured, according to this verse, God's not going to send us into battle by ourselves. He is with us. He has good thoughts towards us. The enemy is, is can, I, can I speak for him, I guess, but the enemy, I believe, is terrified that an army of God will advance in simple obedience without the fear of the outcome. It's I walk by faith, I obey the voice of God, it's what I do. It doesn't matter what comes, it doesn't matter what, what the future may hold, because none of that matters when God is in it. Because he's already there. And so we, we will just readily and quickly and easily do what God has told us to do. That's this walking by faith. That's this walking in obedience to him. We obey because God is with us and he'll give us the victory. We don't have to fear. Ephesians 6, 12 and 13, you know these verses well. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But it's against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, because you don't take boxing gloves and a helmet and shoulder plaids, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But because we wrestle against principalities and powers, verse 13, take unto you the whole armor of God. And when you do that, you'll be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand. Take on the armor of God. Look again, we're talking, we're bouncing out of David and Goliath, that, that account in the word of God. So if we go back and we look again at David, 
Instead of seeing a giant that he was afraid of, he saw an unauthorized human disgracing the armies of God. And that was more than he could handle. Because we understand as David approached this monstrosity of a man, 1 Samuel 17, 45 tells us, then said David to the Philistine, to Goliath, you come to me with flesh and blood. You come to me with sword and with spear and with shield. And that's some pretty ominous things coming against you. But that didn't matter to David. He said, because I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. It was not, again, I say this, it was not a direct order from God to go kill Goliath. We never find an account where it says God told, God told David to go kill the Goliath, the giant. We have never seen that. But however, what we do see, it was obedience from the place of knowing God's heart. He was close enough to God that God's desires were his desires. What God wanted him to do was an automatic reflex of what he did. David knew God's heart, so he knew God wanted... God, he knew that what God desired for his people, Israel, and that was to advance, to take over the land, to take a new territory, to conquer, to be victorious. And so, again, it was an automatic thing in David. Didn't have to think about this. He had to know, okay, for a fleeting moment, he had to know in the flesh, we could say, that Goliath was dangerous. Goliath could easily kill him. He had to have known that. He could see him. He was not even a soldier. He was a shepherd boy. The men, even on the battlefield, his brothers were mad at him. And others may have scoffed him. Who does this, what does he think he is doing? Can you imagine this squirmy little guy out there and just all of a sudden he's running towards this giant? Just just like a maniac. Can you imagine this picture? I'm sure everybody's standing like, he is going to die. It is over. He has lost his ever-loving mind going after that. The safe route, the safe route, the convenient route would have been for little David to take the food to his brothers like his dad asked him to do, see how it was going, and go home and report to his dad. That's all that was required of him. But you see, none of that mattered Because carrying out God's will was more important to David than his very life. Advancing what God had said was more important to him than anything anybody else could say around him or or whatever others could mock or say. It did not matter to him. He was not listening to that. What he was listening to was what does God want in this situation? And so then he went forefront. He went straight on to where God had called him to do. And God had placed that desire inside of him. So can I tell us tonight, Whatever type of fear we may deal with in the spiritual battles of our lives, our priority cannot be comfort. If it is, we'll never fight. 
If it is, we'll always stay where we are if, if, our, if our priority is comfort. Our priority cannot even be self-preservation. Take a, take, a, take a look at David again. He went running into death. I, I don't know how else to word that. He went running into a, a situation that was going to possibly kill him. Our, our, our priority cannot be self-preservation. Our, 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 our um, priority cannot be a claim. Well, the reason David did this was because he was going to get very much popular over this situation. didn't cross David's mind. That is not his priority. That is not why he did this. Our priority has to be doing everything we can to see God's will played out in this earth. Our priority has to be whatever it takes, whatever discomfort, whatever sacrifice, whatever I have to do to advance the kingdom of God in this world. That's what we're called to do. So this life of obedience to God is the only thing that will set us up to move past the unknowns in order to serve the will of God. If we were left to our own selves, just snuggle in and get comfortable. Just don't push the envelope. Just, just stay where you are. That's what we would do because that's our natural inclination. But because we love God and because if we love God, keep his commandments so really what is happening is God is inviting us to take a step of faith into the unknown. Whatever your unknown is, I don't know. I, there's a diverse number. There's a lot of people here, and I'm sure there's that many unknowns that are ahead of you. Knowing that Jesus, though, is already there waiting on you to take that step of faith. Here again, if you can see where you're going, it's not faith. If you can explain everything away, it's not faith. We walk by and not by sight. We simply take the step, and when we do, God parts the waters and shows us the pathway as promised. He will do what he says he'll do if we simply obey what he wants us to do. We have to step into the unknown to see the breakthrough. We have to go in obedience and as we do we will slay the giant of fear with each step toward forward in our faith and as we go towards our destinies. Understand ladies and gentlemen that if everything that we do is always calculated Okay, let's balance this. Does the Bible say things about, you know, that we've got to be careful? Yes, the Bible gives us and tells us we can pray for wisdom. Absolutely. But I'm afraid here in our comfort and in our culture that we live in, we, we get this so out of balance that if everything's not calculated and we, don't, and we can't, uh, can't figure everything out on the next move, we'll do nothing. And God is calling us to do something for him that you may not know the next move. Abraham, take off walking. Where am I going? Take off walking. Where are you going, Abraham? I don't know. God said go. Janelle, sell the house. Take off driving. Yeah, 
Christmas is coming. We got nine Christmas trees to put up. We just, you know, it's, we got stuff to do in our house. Well, where are we going? I don't know. It's got to be, can we afford that? Can we do that? Ladies and gentlemen, I think so many times we miss the supernatural because we don't walk by faith. Because we have to have everything lined out. Well, but then you're just saying a free-for-all? No, I'm not. But at times, yes, I wish some people would just do a free-for-all. Just follow the hand of God. Just follow what he wants us to do. And then we'll see the breakthroughs. I, 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 I always use the, 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 the story, but it's such a fascinating story to me where Jesus walking on the water and Peter said, Lord, if it's you, let me come out of the boat. Well, come on. Peter, it is impossible. It is, it is scientifically impossible, naturally impossible for you to walk on top of the water. And Lord, if you bid me come, I'll come. He slung his leg over the boat, and his first step could have, he could have sunk to the bottom. He didn't. It was an impossible situation, but because he was willing and Jesus said, come, he walked on top of the water. That's a miraculous thing that took place. So I think sometimes it's, it's our time to embrace where God is calling us to go and simply go. And here's, and here's a new one. Why? Because he said so. You ever throw that dad card on somebody? I tried not to throw it too often, but there were times finally I was just like, you know what, Skyler? I could stand here and explain this 47 different ways. You're still not going to understand it because I said so. And I just, it was, we're done. We're done discussing this. There's nothing more to say. I wonder how many times God has said, because I said so. Well, I don't know if God knows what he's doing. Well, okay, you can argue with God. <laughs> or because I said so. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it's impossible. Do you see that word? It is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. He just is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We are created to trust him with abandon and to walk in step with God you have to understand something about this. The carnal mind will never see this. The carnal mind is death. The carnal mind is enmity with God. You, the carnal mind can never see the bigger picture. The carnal mind is the one that just has to have everything right here and everything planned out. Walking of faith is what has God said? Do you think God is going to make a mistake? Do you think God is going to leave you, abandon you in your life? What has God told you to do? And I think he can call the God card because I said so. That's why we should do this. A term, you know, we use it, we got to know the why. And I, I, I understand what they're saying. And, and what's my why? And why do we do this? And why is that? And I understand those things. We find purpose through all of that. So let me answer this for those who love the Lord with all their whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Here's your Why? Because he said so. Keep his commandments. Do what he says to do. Well, I'm not sure. It doesn't matter what I'm not sure of. It doesn't matter my opinion. It doesn't matter if I think it'll work or not. Has God said so? Then that's what we're to do. 
We could go back to Sunday morning, a couple of the values I've taught, and the, the biggest one we have was the Great Commission. Go make disciples. I just don't know. Because God said so. I think there's a better way. It doesn't matter what I think. God said so. And if I love him, I'll keep his commandments. This is, again, this is gets, gets in my face a little bit because I can try to wiggle out of anything I want to wiggle out. But if God has said so, and I choose not to follow his commandments, let's go backwards in this, then I cannot say I love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so my obedience will, will defeat and help defeat the battle of, or the, the giant of fear because I simply do what God says without fearing what the future holds, without fearing anything else. Matthew 16 needs to be our prayer. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. When you allow obedience to, to his call to become your top priority, you're filled with boldness. You're filled with courage. You're filled with things of God because you're taking those steps forward. Even if it may not make sense or even if I'm just a little bit afraid, that doesn't matter because God is bigger than any giant or any obstacle. So do not prioritize your comfort over obedience to God's will. Do not grow comfortable on the wrong side of the battle lines. Sometimes we sit on the cautious side and, and we mistake our fear for faith. Well, I just have faith in God. I'm just trusting God. Yes, yes, and that's wonderful. And we'll even if I get to it, I don't know if I will, but if we get to it, we'll talk about some of that where there, there's a there's a process and there's a waiting time. That is believing and trusting in faith, but being faithful to God. However, sometimes because of our fear, we can justify in our hearts and our minds, well, this is what God wants me to do. When it is not faith at all, it is fear. It's having you remain in the camp where you have always been. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus did not promise us rainbows and sunshine all the time. He promised us a combination of beauty and trials. You know the verse, John 16, These things I have spoken unto you that in me ye not might have peace. Because in the world, it's going to be fancy and sugar cones and lollipops. No. In the world, there's going to be some tribulation. There's going to be some hard knocks. That Life is going to happen. But then he even said, just be of good cheer, though. I've even overcome that. You're going to be okay. It's not going to be easy sometimes, but you're going to be okay. Serving God is often not a smooth path. It's sometimes a rough way to go. John 12, 25. He that loveth his life will what? That's not the way. Everything in the kingdom's upside down. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it until eternal, life eternal. In other words, it's just like, I have no regard. Again, please don't read into this and think I'm saying something I'm not. I'm not it's not that I have no regard for my life, because we're to care for the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's just in perspective of stuff. This is not about me and my kingdom and my house and my bank account and my smarts and my degrees. And this has nothing to do with that. This is all about the kingdom. 
and I sacrifice everything of me on the altar. Now, if God wants me to use my life and my, my degrees or my, my house or my money or whatever, he wants to use that for the sake of the kingdom, then absolutely let God use that. But it is about his kingdom is what it's about. Obedience is doing it anyway because it's what he asked for us. It's what God wants us to do. Again, one last time, we're not fixated on the outcome. Sometimes we, what, what is success? What, what, how do you measure success? You know, in the kingdom, I don't know. We, we, we did all this and we did all this, we did all that. And boy, I don't know what, we, really, we didn't see any fruit from our labor. We didn't see anybody come to church from that or we didn't see. Is that how we're measuring success? Some plant, some water, who gives the increase? We're called to plant. We're called to sow. What does that look like? Whatever. Sow seed. Whatever you can, and wherever you can do it, sow seed. God gives the increase. So if we're going to talk about success, again, do I think we need to baptize people? Yes. Do I think people need to get the Holy Ghost to repent? Yes, absolutely. All those things. However, if that's how we're measuring success, then we're, we're kind of building our own kingdom maybe a little bit. Maybe the success is, have I told somebody about Jesus? Have I let my light shine? Have I sowed seed to somebody in this dark world? That's to me a success. Well, what if they don't come here? What if they, what if we don't see fruit of the labor? You will, you reap what you sow. I don't know where to reap. I don't know where to come from, but we're not talking about, we're not concerned about that. I'm not concerned about the outcome. I'm, sure, I'm concerned about doing what I'm supposed to do for God and his kingdom. And then wherever the outcome and whatever it happens, that's exactly what needs to happen. What if this church is spending all the money and we're working hard and all this stuff and then everybody goes down to new life and gets baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and they, they just have thousands down there. Thank God. It's the kingdom. We're not counting numbers. That's not success. Success is are we doing what Jesus asked us to do? That is how we label success. Let's look at another weapon here. Let's go to the nights. 20 minutes to finish it. Think about it for a moment. What is fear really but an attack on our follow-through? Hear me out. In essence, I think fear is just this attempt to shut us down so we give up. We quit. We run the other way. We, we stop pursuing God's plan. Think of the Israelites. Let's go back to the story of David and Goliath. Let's think of this. The Israelites, what they do, they went out to battle. I think that was what they were supposed to do. That was obedience. That's fine. They went out to battle, and here they were. They were out in the battlefield. Wonderful. Step one, they did beautifully. They started strong. They were there with all of the equipment, all of the armor, all of the, all of the things, the apparatus of war they had back then. Then fear hit them. Goliath came out and started screaming. And that is when their follow-through stopped. They started good, and then they stopped. They got on the battlefield, and then they stopped. It stopped them. Goliath's voice and his demeanor stopped them from completing that task at hand. So our next weapon, I believe, is faithfulness. Just keep on doing what you're supposed to be doing. Faithfulness is a weapon we use against fear because 
Faithfulness is what we can say is that follow through. It's just the continuance. It's just to keep on going. It means we press on. When we are faithful, the enemy cannot intimidate us through fear because we're not paying attention to the enemy. We know what our marching orders are and we just keep on going. Why? Because like obedience, faithfulness fixes our eyes on Jesus. We're not worried about any of the surrounding areas. Jesus said, do this, and we just keep doing that no matter the outcome of it or no matter what happens around us. We continue to do what he said. We continue to show up. We continue to pursue. People who are faithful finish what God started in them. They don't need to be seen. They don't need to be heard. They don't need to be recognized. They don't need to be acknowledged. It's just people doing what God said for them to do. And they're just faithful. Because they know that faithfulness is always seen by God. And that's enough for them. If no one else pats you on the back, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, God takes good records and he sees everything you do in obedience to his word and his will. So the more faithful we are to the Lord, the, the more victories we will be, we, we will, we, that, that will happen in, against the giant of fear in, in our circumstances. You understand that fear cannot move us unless we allow our focus to shift from his will, his plan, his overwhelming love for us, his saying, I'll never leave or forsake you. Unless it shifts from all those promises, fear can never cause us to quit. Fear can never stop us. Again, let's go back. Let's take a look at David's faithfulness. 1 Samuel 17, verse 20. Start there. David rose early in the morning and he left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him, his dad. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. 22, and David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage, ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. Very quickly, when David left home to bring food to his brothers, he did not desert his post. He was a shepherd. He had a, he had a flock of sheep, and he did not leave them with somebody else. He left them in the hands of someone to care for them. He remained faithful in what he was supposed to be doing. David was faithful to his commitment. When he came to the battlefield, if you read all through there, David complied with what was supposed to happen and how things were done. Please remember again, David had already been anointed king of Israel. And he was home watching sheep. And then he came out to just bring some McDonald's to his brothers. And then when he was there, here comes this guy. And instead of like, you got to be kidding me, and taking off running, he followed, it seemed to me he somewhat followed the protocol because they took him to the king and said, we found a guy to fight. Isn't that sometimes what happens to us? Because David quickly knew the battle was more about fighting a natural battle. This was a mind game that Goliath was playing on them. 
He had defeated them, we talked about last week, from the inside out. That's so many times what our battle is over. Fear, you have to understand what it's trying to do. It is out to distract you from who you are and blind you from what God can do through you and, and, and help you and try to make you forget that you are a child of the king. That's what fear is trying to do. How we follow through with the enormous God call on our lives when the, when the giant of fear is calling the shots. We can't do that. God has called us and destined us and has put a purpose in every one of us. But when the enemy of fear is calling the shots ladies and gentlemen we are staying behind the lines and we're doing nothing for the kingdom God's call is impossible for us to do on our own it can only be accomplished when we rely fully on him imagine that he will not share his glory with someone else if I can do it on my own, I don't need God. That's why the, the dreams and the, and the things and the destiny he has for all of us are bigger than any one of us because we would, then we would say we did it on our own. It reminds me of Gideon fighting that, fighting that battle and God said, there's too many and you're, you're going to have to get rid of some of them. And then there's still too many because he said, I don't want these people to ever say we did this on our own. Way to feed those millions because we're tough. No. God said, I'll take you down to 300 people against thousands and thousands of Midianites. And God gave the victory. There was no way to go around that, but that God gave the victory. Philippians 4.13, again, another very popular verse you know well, says, I can do all things when I lift weights in the gym. I can do all things when I grip my teeth and just really try. No, I can do all things through Christ. He's the one that's going to give me the strength. The people of God were like sheep without a shepherd. They were being mocked. They were being ridiculed. They were being taunted. They were being tormented by this giant of fear. Their eyes were not on God. They were on that one giant, and it had them paralyzed for 40 days. They had lost the sight of the big picture. It was no way possible. Our flesh so many times sees things in the carnal and in the natural realm, and our spirit sees the big picture. It's just who's going to win out on these things because because he was led by the Spirit, David did not let his flesh. David did not let his flesh win out. He walked right up to Saul and listen what he said in 1 Samuel 17, 32. And David said to Saul, "Let no man's heart fall because of him. Stop being scared, everybody. Don't let your hearts fall because of one guy out there screaming. Thy servant will go, and I." will fight this Philistine. Saul tried to shut him down. This you can't do this. David told him a story. You know, one time I was watching some, I was watching the lamb though, and there's a big lion come out, and I just ripped him up. Another time I was just being faithful out there watching the flock that I'm supposed to do, and I, I was committed being faithful to that and obedience, and, and a bear came and tore that bear up. And then David said in his mind, he said, this is going to be no different. It's going to be no different because I didn't tear that bear up. I didn't tear that lion up. God did it. And this is going to be no different. The point was very, very clear. 
those experiences that David had along the way served perfectly at this time what he was going to do to this enemy that had threatened the people of God. And David's faithfulness again just compelled him into action. God does not give us eyes to see and ears to hear the things that are supernatural and and, and mighty and powerful things. And he doesn't do that and then not equip us. That, that thing, we read it so often, and I'm not sure we believe it all the time. It's like, what he's called you to do, he'll equip you to do. Yeah, amen, amen. No, what he's called you to do, he'll equip you to do it. He's not going to leave you out there on your, on your own. David's obedience put action to his faith. He jumped into action, and his faith and his faithfulness brought about the great victory. Let's read some more verses, 1 Samuel 17, 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with sword and with spear and with shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of whom thou hast defied. 46. This day will the Lord... Deliver thee into mine hand. I'm going to smite you and take your head off of you. And I'm going to give your carcass to the host of the, Philistine, of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that I am that hero. Know that all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. 47, and all this assembly shall know All the church people shall know. Everybody that's hiding behind rocks and that is scared will know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. What powerful words. What what words of faith. David's follow-through led him to the freedom of an entire army. And the Bible, I love that verse where it talks about that that whole army, they surged forward with a shout. Something shot through that camp when they realized their their battle was over because fear had been knocked down and they came out of the hiding and they came across and their faith sprung into action and something miraculous happened and there was a great victory. Again, I know I said it before, but I can't help but say it again. This all happened because one shepherd boy, said, I've had enough, and I'm going to do something about it. One person, and the entire army came alive, and there was a great victory. As we're faithful to the Lord, our flesh no longer responds to the grip of faith because we obey God, and we just follow through. What has God said to do? Obedience establishes in us a new perspective and a a new position and a new posture. And it sets a new set of priorities. That's what obedience does. But faithfulness develops within us a trust in the Lord that runs very, very deep. Because once we have tried this and we have seen the faithfulness of God, we're more apt to do it again. And you know what you're going to find? That God is still faithful. And once you do it again, you know what you're going to find? That God is still faithful. And then when you do it again, you know what you're going to find? Yes. I'm insulting your intelligence here, but you get the picture. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Verse 8, what's, what about this guy that trusts? What about this person who really trusts in God and hopes in God? For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters 
and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh. In other words, there can be a drought. There could be a dry season. There could be a hot spell. There could be anything like that, but it doesn't affect this tree that's planted by the waters because they're not looking for water anywhere else. It's planted by the river and but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness. We may not always know why God allows us to go through hard times. And if we are not careful, listen very closely to me, please. If we're not careful... When we go through hard times, fear loves it. Because fear is going to start saying, oh, you've sinned. Or fear is going to start saying, you're not good enough. Or fear is going to say, you're not able to do this because we're going through. Or God is out to get you because you're doing this, that, or the other. Fear has all of these tactics that's going to work on our mind. And it's going to wreak havoc in our trust in God if we're not careful. But when we are connected to him and we trust in God, we are like a tree that's planted by the river. It doesn't matter how dark it gets. It doesn't matter how how hard it gets. It doesn't matter. Our faith will not waver. Why? Because we're a tree planted because we trust in him and we remain committed and faithful to him. Because our God is a faithful God. And he uses his faithful followers to be his hands and feet. You know this, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then we ambassadors for Christ. A faithful person who steps out in obedience. Establishes in them this Jesus posture, if I can word it that way. This Jesus perspective of what God wants. And we surrender everything to him through obedience. But we just don't stop at that. We keep on going. And we are faithful in what God has called us to do. Again, the devil may try to set up giants along the battle line of our breakthrough. He's going to try to stop us at every time he can. But when our focus is on faithfulness, when our focus is on come what? may God said to do this when our focus is we're going to get to the other side when our focus is that's the territory God has promised us when our focus is on him and we are relentless in that if God is telling us to go then go if God is telling you to do something then do it because he has something great on the other side of this don't stay on this side of the battlefield don't stay on this side of the battle lines walk across that into victory Romans 8, 31, taught a whole series on this verse. What shall we say to these things, name it, if God is for us? Who can be against us? If God is in it, there's no stopping it. The Bible says he'll put a door before you that no man can shut. If God is in it, There's no stopping it. Often we forget this truth in the moment because something happens and we we shirk down in fear. And again, maybe God's calling you to stretch yourself out and your ministry out. And and you're taking, sometimes you you just, you you hear all these voices in your head and then your past comes up and, and scares you. And all different tactics will take place. We take some timid steps forward. This Sunday, I'm going to really try. I'm going I'm to I'm try to talk to somebody. or I'm going I'm to try to go pray in the altar. I'm going to try to go pray for somebody. We may take a little timid step forward. And whatever it is, again, you fill in the blank. 
And then we hear a giant roar. Or the mind monsters, I call them, go crazy. And so often we retreat. Because we can't do this. It's impossible. But can I tell you what I believe God is doing? In these last days, he is raising up an army that is fearless. They are faithful. They are spiritual. They are, they are listening to God. It's an army of people full of his spirit who are ready to surge forward into battle and take down their enemy. Every opposition that stands up in its way against what God has ordained, that's what this, this, that's what this army wants to do and go forward in that. Why wouldn't we, ladies and gentlemen? We're the apostolic church. God has promised us new territory. God has promised these things. In the last days, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit. He has promised we've had prophecies on this church, all kinds of things that have happened. But ladies and gentlemen, we cannot stay on this side of the line any longer. Can I say that maybe it just takes one shepherd boy who says, I'm not staying here any longer. I've heard what God wants me to do. I'm committed to that. I'm going to obey that. And I'm going to be faithful in that. And when that happens, giants have to fall. Because they're no longer standing in the way to intimidate it. Luke 16, 10, I'll stop with this verse. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. I'm telling you, if you take one small step, it was a slingshot and a little bitty rock. He was covered with armor. He had massive spear and sword and an armor bearer and, and, a, and, a, and a, someone carried a shield in front of him. It was an impossible task. But David was willing to take one step so you can come with me with all that stuff, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And what a difference that makes. Again, it was not about David. It was not about his pride. It was not about what he could do in himself. It's what, what has God said? And that's what we want to do. He gets the victory. The battle does not belong to us. It belongs to the Lord, and he has never, ever lost a battle. Can we stand in this place? So some battle fear, and I know we all do at times. So far we talked about two weapons. Do what he says do and follow through. Just keep going. If he said do it, just keep going. Whatever obstacles, just keep going. He said to do it, just keep going. And God's going to be there. The Lord is on our side. The battle belongs to him. Remember that. It's not ours. The battle belongs to him. He's going to receive the victory. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your kindness and your blessings on this church and all these wonderful people. I pray that you would touch each heart. I, I know collectively we talk about the sanctuary, but Lord, I, I don't want this lesson to be just about that. I, I want it to be to individuals, God. Things that you have asked for, from people and callings that you have placed and gifts inside of them that they need to stir up, Lord, that have been dormant for years because of fear that, well, I've tried it once, but it wouldn't work, or I'm not sure I can do this. Lord, I, I pray that you would tear down those strongholds and those things that would cause those, uh, those 
voices that would happen and, and, and speak to their minds. I pray, oh God, that you would speak louder. I pray, oh God, that you would f- help us focus our attention on you. That when you said go, we will go just because you said to it, do it, Lord. And we want to follow the leading of your spirit. And we just don't want to come to the battle line. But, Lord, we want to follow through. We want to be faithful in what we do. We want to defeat every giant along the way that may rear its ugly head in our life. And I pray that you would give us the courage, give us the wisdom, give us the direction and knowledge to know what to do, how to do it, when to do it, Lord, because the battle belongs to you. We're claiming victory, oh God. We're claiming revival. We know that you have great things in store, but we want to be a smack dab in the middle of your will. Bless your people now. Bless the church. Bless each one, I pray. Help us have a great evening in you. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all.